Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Brad and Matt. Hey, guys, how are we doing? I I was going to say, like, uh, how am I doing? Uh, I'm alive. Uh, yes. Which, after I tell you after I tell you my story about where I've been, uh, I'm hoping that everyone looks at the podcast, uh, whatever they're playing it on, like their uh, their iPhone or whatever, Look at it with like eyes open, like with a mildly horrified face, and it's like, oh, <laughs> oh my god, uh, wow, he actually is alive and yes. shouldn't be. Maybe. Yeah, I think. I but think um, it's true. I am. I think Shad is now the only one on this podcast that has not had some sort of surgery during the course of the show or had COVID. Yes, uh, uh, yeah. I, I think so. So far, I think Shad is the only one without major life-altering. Potentially life-saving surgery. <laughs> do you have so, all your yeah. Do you have all your organs still, Shad? Yeah, I still have everything. Okay, so you you're also unique in that aspect too. <laughs> well, I feel like I still have all of my organs. It's just that other things are no longer part of my body. Which you works. lost an eardrum. Doesn't that count? I still technically have an eardrum. It's oh. just I don't have anything that actually works in that oh. ear. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a gallbladder, so I, I do not. I'm not factory issued anymore. The vo- the vo- yeah. the warranty was voided. You're aftermarket at this point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Apple You're, won't repair me anymore. Resto mod time, guys. Resto mod. So first of all, uh, we'll get our shoutouts taken care of real quick. The first one's going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Collar and Elbow Brand.com. Use the promo code Four Corners Podcast Number Four Capital C Corners Capital P and Podcast. Save ten percent off your order. If you'd like to folk, help folks in East Kentucky that could use your help, go through the Apple Shop, A-P-P-A-L-S-H-O-P dot O-R-G. That'll get it where it needs to go. There, there's the the other one. We get to throw the ball back to Matt. Uh, that would be to Orlando Cologne. Uh, I'm going to start calling him like Mr. Worldwide. You know what? Tony Khan uh, today, which is August 22nd, actually gave a presser about uh, AEW All In and Wembley. Mm-hmm. And it made a comment where it's like, oh, the the card for All In is going to change, which is like it's bold changing it like days in advance, <laughs> literally like hours from the actual event happening. But but hopefully, hopefully it means it's like actually going to bring in Orlando Cologne. I mean, no, he can't bring in go. can't bring in Ray Phoenix apparently. So yeah, yeah there's we'll we'll get into the, that later. The We're salt gonna... the salt that they are now the biggest wrestling show of all time has been delicious. Yeah, <laughs> I we'll can't believe it. that Kenny Omega is the sixth man. It's like uh, I think Tony Khan like mentioned in that presser today. It's like uh, Kenny Omega was in like a six man <laughs> first like all in well, right. He, well, yeah. I don't understand because that that came up with the first Forbidden Door, 
It's like these people realize like you have to do shows after this, right? Mm-hmm. And like you can't hot shot it and blow your wad because then you got nothing left. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's like that's why like Crockett Promotions like ran out of steam in the '80s or WWF is because they ran out of stuff to do. Mm-hmm. I just I don't get people sometimes. Well, I, one of the things about it is like to me I, I said this before on, on like Twitter it's like it, it's it's very reminiscent. I don't know if people remember, but it's very reminiscent to me last year when they did uh, the first Forbidden Door in 2022. Mm-hmm. And Kenny Omega was out, injured. There was n- no comment from anyone, Tony Khan or anyone, Kenny Omega himself, about when he was going to return. Uh, and people on their own initiative were like, oh, it's going to be Kenny Omega versus Okada. It's like, oh, you want – like one of the biggest matches for new Japan pro wrestling with no build. Yeah. You want on the show without any build, like, and you start talking about that, like two weeks before the show is going to happen when you're the only one in your head cannon said like, that's the goal when no one, including Tony Khan and Kenny Omega and Kata said, Oh yes, that's what we're going to do. It's like, also, also when, when Kenny didn't know what state his wrestling ability would be in, because he hadn't come back yet. Yeah. Yeah. He, he did not know how his career was going to go from that point. But there are so many people that worked themselves into a lather about how it had to be that, that of course they were going to be disappointed. Like, I don't think people remember the severity of his injuries either. Look, people kind of gloss over it or they don't pay attention or they don't care. But it's like the dude had what? Uh, at least one busted soul, uh, uh, shoulder, mm-hmm. uh, busted knees. Permanent uh, vertigo. Hor- yeah, horrible vertigo. And I know uh, someone. I know someone that works in physical therapy, who's a wrestling fan, and he says he can't fathom. Like he works with people that have vertigo, and he says like he can't fathom how he was working at that level of vertigo because he sees people like incapacitated by it. Also that. Uh... Both of his shoulders were out, and he, ah. when Meltzer asked him about it, he said, "Well, I can work a match without my shoulders." It's like, okay, <clears throat> pardon the hell out of me, but what? <laughs> right? Look, it is that was kind of what. Not that I thought he was like not good. I've always been a Kenny Omega fan. I know Shad that you. Uh, he's not. Now I won't. I won't even say he's not your favorite. He's just more like you prefer others to Kenny Omega, which is fine. Yeah. But. To me, that's what kind of like edged him into like, okay, this guy is like possibly the best currently, and certainly one of the best of all time. Like, no joke, because as he was, he was arguably the best around before he went out injured, and he was as broken as you could be as a human being physically when all that was going on. So it's like. That that's amazing. So he's, you know, assuming he's better, which of course he must be at least to a certain level because he's still working. It's like I imagine he could probably, if he still wants to do this, like for several more years. But it's it's come. Let's be realistic. It's ridiculous that people are like, why is he the sixth man? It's like because the dude got broken beyond repair. It's like why would because they're probably why would you, in whatever whatever's left in his career. Why would you fault him because he's rich. maybe. Maybe in a calendar year, he's going to do like, yeah, I'm going to do like maybe a dozen singles matches. The rest are going to be like tag teams or six man. It's like, why would you begrudge that guy that? He wants to work like for several more years. 
And he's yeah, well he's, into he's his career. In his like, career yeah. 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 But I mean, I think the, the injuries like, I mean, I had already thought he was in goat like argument mm-hmm. territory before that. Basically where I said that was the rich Swan match, but like now mm-hmm. knowing all the injuries and he did like all of that, like, like think of the Brian Danielson match from that dynamite episode. That was so awesome. He did that oh, yeah. with vertigo and no shoulders. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, if, if he wasn't anyone that does not say he deserves to be in the goat conversation is being dishonest. Yeah, I know. I actually think I had heard what someone had said or kind of I've seen someone say something simpler about the vertigo. Uh, I actually saw someone be like Kenny Omega was wrestling with vertigo. It's like I had vertigo uh, back in the day and I could barely even like get out of bed to walk. So. And I, someone, maybe it was Meltzer, someone asked him, like, how, like, how the hell did you wrestle matches, like, with bad vertigo and everything like that? And I aimed I for think, the one in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, he's not, I don't think he's being, like, arrogant or anything like that. I think he's just, maybe it's, like, the uh, the typical, like, Canadian niceness, where he's just, like, shrugging me. It's like, ah, I just, you know, found a way to work around it, I guess. So it's like, that's, that's, like, superhuman. Yeah, that's to, like, crazy talk. Like, I think let me let me do a match like and let's be realistic. You know, we know that that pro wrestling isn't quote unquote real, but it's like you still have to perform certain movements with like precision. It is so, still incredibly demanding, even if it's not, quote, real. Yeah. And he wasn't doing simplistic like sequences of work either. Like we've talked about how his offense is fairly simplistic but part of why that makes him good is his offense is like really easy to string together and make into sequences that can have variation to it. But like, that's still difficult to do like his stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's got an evergreen offense. And like you said, Matt, he's not my guy, but on the other hand, I can't deny that he should be in that conversation. I just Mm -hmm. prefer other people. Like you're going to tell me that, 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 after all of that and everything he did, he doesn't belong in there. I'm going to say that, you know, I'm going to I'm going to unironically call you a dumb mark because maybe I'm being a bit harsh about it. But you're you are being intentionally obtuse with that. <laughs> you just are. Yeah. But those are the same people that think like the Bucks just do super kicks. <laughs> no, that's the Usos. Which I just I just watched them live and I counted five I think for the whole match. Yeah, like I said, it's it that's the Usos. That's not the Bucks. I've I've I also I also had forgotten, but you know what I I also like about the Bucks' attention to detail is um Nick fixed his hair when they went face and he got rid mm. of the douchebag haircut. And he grew the rest of the beard out so it wasn't just the the handlebar mustache I think. Yeah. Yeah. But um, uh, we're going to get we're going to come back to some AEW stuff in a little bit. I mean, we'll lighten up at the end. But the main event for the evening is is really given Matt because Matt <laughs> said, I want to talk about this. I want, He's like, hey, I want to tell this story. And so we wanted to give Matt an opportunity to to talk as much in depth as he wanted to about this. I'm going to try to like leave the story because uh, it's a story that I could uh, I, I'll try and like explain it in full i'm not even sure how long it's gonna take me like it, it could be like a story that's over in like five minutes or i could talk to you guys for like 20 30 minutes about everything that's gonna go on so i'm gonna try to include all the details uh 
So if you guys have questions, because I was, I've so I've told the guys before everything was going on, and so you know they they know a little bit about it, but they may have questions. So and that's fine. Um, I'm I have no I, I don't mind answering questions. It's like you being able to know. Like I didn't know half this shit <laughs> until it actually affected me. Okay. Uh, so feel free. Uh, but I can explain the whole entire process, which apparently has been going on for a long, long time. Uh, but I didn't know that until I had to go through it. Uh, but now here I am. And it's not, I'm not technically, everything isn't technically over. It's just like the worst part is over. So thankfully, but you know, I have to get back to like where things were before, uh, which is the process, but I'm doing remarkably well, uh, given everything that went on and you can, uh, I can explain everything that happened. Okay. So, let me just start. Okay, however you want to do it, man. Okay. Uh, all right. So it's uh, again, long story. Uh, I'll start from the very beginning. Well, at least I'll start like in 2022. So, <laughs> excuse me. Like that's probably when I first really noticed things, uh, kind of going awry. Uh, so. I'll preface this by saying, like, back in the day, when I was younger, like, my old man, uh, especially when he got older in life, like, he didn't have great hearing, uh, which to me was just like, oh, he's getting old, so, which is normal. And that's probably everything that was at play. Like, he was just getting older, uh, his hearing started to go. So when everything started happening for me, I'm like, oh, crap, like, I'm I'm young, but I'm getting older, so maybe it started with me early, et cetera. Uh, but basically, in early 2022, I started noticing that I started having hearing loss uh, in my right side. It was really just my right side. Um, and to me, it's just the best way that, that I felt it was like was like eh, it kind of was like it, it clearly I had some hearing loss, but I just assumed it was either I was getting old. It's like, oh, I'm getting old. Like, that sucks. Like, I have diminished hearing the right ear. Uh, who knows what that's about? Uh, probably to me just getting old. But I also like, and during my daily job, like I oftentimes listen to podcasts, listen to music, etc. So I oftentimes like wear headphones because uh, I'm either working in the office, but that's been years from now. Like that's that was years ago, so I don't really have to do that anymore. I work from home, but I might work from home with my wife, so I I don't want to bother her listening to music or things like that. So I I put headphones in. I thought, oh well. Years of going to concerts, years of listening to, to headphones, etc. Like all these factors, age. Damn heavy metal music. Yeah, heavy metal music, everything. It's like, ah, well, crap. Like my right ear is a little diminished. But I thought it was mostly that. But I also, I also had like a, I'm in a, a rolling group text with some of the friends of the show, yep. uh, including like Christy Petrillo and uh, the Dames, Damon Gonzalez, and. Early in 2022, Dame said, like, just offhandedly messaged us. It's like, guys, I got, like, my ears cleaned, and now I can hear it in 4K. It's amazing. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. Like, I hadn't thought about that. Because, like, definitely I, I've had, like, wax before in my ears. I'm like, oh, maybe I have, like, wax filled up in my ear. That would make a lot of sense that, like, the wax is kind of, like, impacted in my right ear. Like, that's probably, like, that could be, like, something that definitely is contributing to it or the cause of it. So I go to, like, the CVS Minute Clinic uh to get my like ears cleaned um yeah. they clean both ears uh left ear left ear had wax <laughs> right ear they cleaned it and the like the the 
clinician, whatever you call the people at the minute clinic, they're like, yeah, you don't have wax in that right here. Sorry. It's like, what? That's so she cleaned it. And then it made like no difference. Um, but I didn't think anything of it right then. I was just like, ah, oh, well, crap. I thought that was like the answer and it didn't, but I didn't address it. I didn't address it then. Um, there was two things that went on last year, which are unrelated to that condition, but did take up my time. Actually, like, I, three things if you want to include, like, the one thing is two. I, uh, I went to California twice last year. One, it was, like, in the fall uh, – sorry, in the spring because uh, my sister-in-law, my wife's sister, is an optometrist. She finally opened a practice uh, in Los Angeles. So we went during April – to kind of check that out, we, we uh, took my took our daughter, our eldest daughter, uh, did like Disney and stuff like that. It was like a cool like family vacation. Got to see my sister-in-law, got to see her practice, etc. It was like cool. So I was off work for like a week because we were out of town. Uh, didn't do anything to address it. We went back to LA in the fall uh, because by then this is the other thing that kind of took up a lot of my time last year because we got. My wife and I, as you know, got pregnant. She was pregnant. Uh, we went back to L.A. in October uh, to see uh, our sister-in-law. But really, like we we took like a like a road trip during that time because we went to San Diego and that was kind of like our baby moon, um, which Disney again. Like mm-hmm. all about you guys. I don't know if you've ever been to Disney. Like uh, I've only been to Disney in the last like decade with mm-hmm. my wife because uh my sister-in-law lives in like Los Angeles, which is very close to Disneyland. So I've had a chance to go to Disney, but it's like my daughter has been to Disney, I think like three times now, which it's like, it took me literally to be an adult <laughs> to even go to Disney. <laughs> and she's been at least three times. Like that's more than I was. I went like the first, uh, you know, 30 plus years of my life. But anyway, uh, we did two trips in to California last year. So that took up a lot of our time. And by then we got pregnant. So everything for me, at least, was like, oh, my God, we're having a baby. We need to get everything ready for the baby. We need to, like, get everything. I need to get everything uh, ready for work for the baby. I need to, like, save money for the baby, et cetera, et cetera. So I was doing all of that. So I was very uh, distracted. Now, if you ask my wife, she's like, you're, you're like, you're so negligent with your health. I'm like, I, I was focused on other things. Like, what do you want from me? Uh, now that said, um, besides the hearing issues in my right ear, uh, it's not as if I had zero other symptoms, which is probably like, again, if I wasn't really negligent with my health, like I was, um, should have been a huge red flag. Uh, the, the thing that I would say, I guess there are two symptoms, which should have been like a red flag, but, uh, are notable one being, I started having some balance issues. Now, when you say that, like it's tough for people to describe what that is or understand what that means. And it's also like part of reason why things uh, progressed how they did possibly is because the balance issues, they weren't as significant as you might think they should be. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because when you think balance, I mean, we just had a whole conversation about Kenny Omega and Vertigo where it's like, how could he function with vertigo? It's like, I didn't really have what I would call vertigo. It wasn't like, oh, I'm dizzy. Oh, I can't walk straight. 
Well, see, uh, I would have written it off if it was me. I'd been like, oh, my allergies must be bad. I must just be super congested. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm just a bit off today. That that like that. I could see how that's easy to to write off. So, I was looking into. It. I was like, oh, look, look. First off, it is a dangerous thing <laughs> to have access to the internet mm-hmm. and WebMD because I would be <laughs> like Google. Oh, it's like, always cancer. Oh, what's going on here? Am I dying? And it's like, oh, maybe. That's, uh, not, true. that's not true, Shad. Sometimes it's yellow fever. Or lupus. Yes. Or um, what's some other nice old-timey disease that people don't get anymore that... Yeah, you got the consumption. Yeah. <laughs> leprosy. <laughs> Dengue uh, fever. People do still get leprosy. <laughs> um, I thought maybe... The, it, the symptom, w- I would say... Uh, Versus like vertigo or dizziness, it, I would describe it more as an unsteadiness. Um, so it's almost like I'm walking, I feel a little like unsteady, uh, and I can walk fine. I mean, I, I I have been routinely going before all this for like runs. Like I'm, I try to generally keep myself pretty active and fit. So it's like it's not as if I can't run. Like I literally would go for runs like oftentimes several times a week. It's not as if I'm falling down or anything like that, but I would still have unsteadiness. So the way, the best way I could describe it, it's like at, at and it's not like a constant thing. It's like it was like a con, like an occasional thing. Um, but when I would have it, it's almost like it. It's kind of like if I'm having like an episode of that, like at that moment I was having an episode, and you receive me and walk up to me and give me like a big shove on my shoulder. Because I was unsteady and I may or may not have been like prepared for that shove, I would it was all I wouldn't fall, but it was almost you know how like you comically like wow like someone flails around like they're oh, like yeah, a rag yeah. doll almost. It would be kind of like that, because um, it's it's like if if you catch someone unprepared and they like uh, flail around a little bit, it was like that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like well that shouldn't be that way. Like that's not normal for an ordinary person to be that way even if you're like i guess it kind of makes sense if you are completely unprepared for something you catch someone off guard that expecting it it's like okay yeah maybe they're like a little like off kilter but i still had this unsteadiness the other symptom which probably should have tripled me a lot more was and i described this as more like positional and by positional i mean like uh if i had been sitting for like a good stretch of time and let's say good stretch like an hour or more uh like we're doing the podcast or more frequently like if i'm sitting at a computer doing work uh then if i were to get up i would have a headache i mean i would it would i would get a headache Ooh, that's, um, that's like are we talking like a real bad headache or so uh it was more like a pressure headache um and it would depend entirely upon how long i have been sitting Mm -hmm. uh so and once i got up and actually like moving around the more active i became uh it would resolve now sometimes it would resolve within like a minute (laughs) um sometimes the longer i've been like sitting um it would resolve in like like the worst case it would be resolved in like 10 minutes like and it was not pleasant it wasn't like a migraine wasn't to that level um but it was it was notable 
So would this happen if you woke up in the morning or if you like laid down? So it, no, I would feel like laying down. It wouldn't be bad. Um, Although I'll get, I'll get into like, is that because you were, is that because Mm. you like, is it because you were still like flat, like still straight flat and versus sitting where like your body's laying more prone would be more helpful. Um, it probably has to do with like the position because sitting down, you're obviously like, you're still kind of like, you know, largely straight or at least mm. sitting up, um, laying prone. It's like, you're more, uh, things are like more flat. So it's probably like better. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why when people are feeling faint, whatever like that, like they oftentimes like lay them down, put their feet above their head or whatever like that. Uh, but it would be that way on, if things were really, really significant or I felt there were times, uh, not frequent, but there were times which I wouldn't say I felt dizzy, but I felt like incredibly nauseous. Not that I was going to vomit, but like, like I don't feel good. I feel like lightheaded. So I would have to like sit down. Um, and it wasn't like I would sit down for like 20 minutes. It was more like, I feel really ill. Like, I don't feel good. Let me sit down. And within like 30 seconds to a minute, like I'd be normal. Okay. So I would get up and I could you know, continue on. Uh, but this is everything that was going on. Now, again, I should have been more, uh, I should have got this checked out, but I didn't. But two yeah, things we happened. All, we all write well, stupid stuff off. We shouldn't though. Three things I thought could be a play. One, I thought maybe I had like a, like a blood pressure issue, but I didn't because we actually had like a home blood pressure machine, mm-hmm. uh, which we like, neither one of us has blood pressure issues, except for the fact that, uh, my wife of course has been pregnant a couple times before. So we have a, a home blood pressure just to, to monitor her when she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would, I took, I used like the home blood pressure machine and my blood pressure was like the normal range. And I, I kind of, I, like I said on the podcast before, like I know a little bit about medicine. I'm nowhere near, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not a medical expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I know uh, arguably, which is not much, but I mean, arguably I know more than like a lay person about medicine. So I know at a minimum, I know enough about what is or is not considered like hypertensive or even hypotensive, which is like the, that's low blood pressure. So I would, I checked, I, I know what the range is for that. And so I would take my blood pressure and it's like, oh, my blood pressure is like normal. So like, hmm, not hypertensive, which is, which was a concern because uh, both my parents back in the day had like blood pressure issues. My dad, I think my dad had both. <laughs> my dad had like hypertension, hypertension growing up uh, when I was growing up. And then towards the end of his life, he, he became more hypotensive. Yeah. Um, and my mom had blood issues too. She didn't really have hypertension per se, but she did have like other cardiac stuff like atrial uh, fibrillation. I wasn't terribly concerned about that only because like I love, I said, I love both my parents. They both passed away, but neither one of them took care of their health. And they did, and by say like, oh, they didn't take care of their health. It's one thing to be like, uh, my parents are getting on in years. They're older. They don't really do enough. It's like they didn't take care of their health for like 30 years. It's like I, I don't know what to do about that. Like I can get you can get on your parents. 
Um, like they're going to do what they're going to do. Um, yeah. it's, it's ironic. I say that when I'm like trying to read this whole story about how like, Oh, I should have <laughs> been a little more like cognizant about my health, even though I, I, I will share with you. Like I try, I, like I just said, I try to like work out. I try to like eat relatively good so that, cause I intend to be here like a lot longer, By a lot longer. I mean like decades more. Cause I have, I now I have two small children. Um, I intend to like be around a long, long time, but anyway, I thought it was hypertension. It wasn't. Second thing I thought it might have been, I thought like, well, crap, like my mom was diabetic. Maybe I have diabetes because that is something that, you know, WebMD says, of course, WebMD says a lot of things, but I mean, a lot, they will say like, oh, uh, nausea or some of these other symptoms, headaches, like this could be caused by diabetes. So I'm like, oh, crap. Like, do I have the beginning of diabetes because my mom had it? Like, maybe that's the case for me. And for a, actually for like a time, like I would say early, maybe early last year for like a while, probably like from like February of last year until maybe like the fall, like around like the holidays, like Thanksgiving, I like definitely cleaned up my diet, uh, which was not even like I'm trying to feel better from these weird symptoms. It was more like I'm trying to clean up my diet because like I've gained weight and I don't really like like the activity that I was engaging in. It was like I'm eating a little too much, not working out like I really should be doing. Well, I mean, I that's how that's how I eventually like got down in weight and like fixed my diet a lot. Is I got diabetes and I um mm-hmm. I fixed it by losing weight. And eating better. Yeah, uh, that's actually like okay. Again, I know only a little bit more than about diabetes and possibly the average person only because like my mom had it. But yeah, you, if you have, there's different levels of diabetes. There's type one diabetes, obviously, which requires like taking insulin. Type two, you probably you might you actually still have to take insulin, but it's not like I have to inject myself. It's like you may have to take a pill. But type two is good good air quote in the sense that you can effectively like reduce it or even quote unquote get rid of it literally if you do like diet modification so if you've like got if you, if you have got rid of your diabetes like as long as you stick to like a good diet and honestly even like moderate activity or modest activity like if you like yeah i'm gonna go for a walk around the neighborhood like that probably is like enough Honestly, I think just keeping like keeping my weight below a certain threshold is mm-hmm. like we'll keep it in check at least until I get older. Diet is uh, it might be the number one factor. Uh, uh, yeah. Especially because um, when I did a lot of reading, mm-hmm. um, it really upsets me because you know when you get into those like um, we'll call them propaganda documentaries about like food. Mm-hmm and stuff oh, and like yeah, yeah i know some people that watch those and thought they should go vegan and they are diabetic i'm like no like you cannot like absolutely yeah. not because yeah. you will it will make it worse yeah like i understand yeah. you're not wanting to do that but like as a diabetic like you cannot do vegan because it's all carbs and like honestly like fruit's not good for you as a diabetic mm-hmm. oh uh my my sister-in-law, the optometrist, was vegan for like years and years and years, um, and I believe she's like, I, I it's un- <laughs> look, I love her, but it's like it's unclear how long she's not been vegan. I feel like it's been she's not been vegan for like, we're not like over a year, we're not like a, a while, but 
it, it it was not like a healthy diet in my opinion like she's um i think she's changed it up not that she's like this big carnivore or anything like that i think she like but i think i do think she'll eat like uh animal proteins like she might eat chicken she might eat some other things just because like she it, it it's a healthier lifestyle like well, you don't have to eat there's certain like there's a d vitamin that we need for our brain that you literally can't supplement because you can't get enough of it because you have to physically like eat meat to get it. Oh yeah. I mean, we could spend the entire podcast talking about like vegan diet and I'm not hating on you. Like if you, if you're vegan because of certain reasons, not the least of which is like ethical, it's like, that's fine. Like I'm not hating on you. Like that's, that's legitimate, but it's also like we, there, there are certain vegans that like deny reality and it's like, no, guys, like we evolved from, uh, you know, monkeys and those monkeys literally became as smart as they did because they started eating protein and they weren't eating protein by eating like, you know, legumes uh, off of they found out there. It's not a vegetarian protein diet. They were eating like other animals. Well, and with, um, and especially um, especially humans and stuff like they survived by hunting and gathering which means they ate like grass and leafy stuff and animals they could kill and maybe if they lucked out they'd run into some berries here and there like really where we got screwed especially in america is when the government did their food pyramid the food pyramid's actually upside down like they have us they tell us to eat way too much grain and carbs which humans really aren't meant we don't do well with carbs and like carbs are a huge part of our diet. Like really when I was, when I was researching to figure out how to lose the weight, like um, paleo is probably like the closest to the best way to eat from what I can tell is doing like lean animal protein and leafy vegetables. That's the DDP diet right there. Because that's his whole – part of the DDPY program is the, the diet that he talks about, and the, it's the statement of um, eating what your grandparents' parents ate. So there's like mm-hmm. no processed stuff to it. Um, the other thing that, that kills me about diet in this country is the fact that there is sugar in every damn thing, and there oh doesn't need to yes. be sugar in every damn thing. That's not true. But, it's like high fructose corn syrup. We don't get it. It's basically – I would actually argue it's the same thing except it's worse because it's, like, yeah. incredibly processed. <clears throat> we cram corn I mean, don't into, you like want everything. Some, don't you want some synthetic sugars? Anyway, sorry. I uh, I digress. Well, then they – but yeah. then, like, the other thing I hate, though, is then, like, you have all these idiot, like, college professors and stuff trying to get grant money. So they try and drag, like, diet colas through the – the mud no, like no. every other year saying well it's going to make you fat it's like no i can legitimately prove when i switched from regular sodas to diet i lost 30 plus pounds like all of my friends did like so you're wrong oh i i haven't drank real soda for 20 years a good 20 years um and i i mean why my weight has fluctuated in that time not i've never been as big as i was like 20 plus 20 years ago mm-hmm. but it is i over like the course of like a spring or summer that's when i started changing my diet because i like at my very heaviest that i know of i weighed myself and i looked at that scale 
and I'm like, this has got to change. Like, I can't do this. And then after that, I changed my, my diet, my lifestyle. And one of the very first things I did was I cut out real soda and started drinking diet soda. And now granted, here it is 2023. I drink way too goddamn much diet soda. Um, but literally 20 plus years, 20 years ago, it's going on. But as soon as I dropped real soda down to diet soda, within the course of like two months, I dropped probably like 20 pounds. Like it's not even a joke. I don't even think, I don't even think it took me two months, two months. I think it was like three weeks and I dropped like 20 pounds. Yeah. The, the, the amount, uh, the amount that that, all that damn sugar yeah. puts on you is like ridiculous. Yeah, but they've been saying that same <laughs> stuff about diet since like the 90s. They keep saying that. And it's like, no, like I can mm-hmm. legitimately tell you, and they'll say it's anecdotal evidence, but I have seen enough people that have made the change entirely drop weight mm-hmm. that like whatever hoodoo like you're trying to sell like to get grant money and get published like is wrong. Yeah. Like it's so- like. It's empirically wrong because you can't tell me that you're going to gain weight or want to eat more when you're ingesting zero calories from a can instead of 210 calories. Like it does not work. There is math Mm. here and like it's wrong. I mean, I lost I lost 50 pounds in one year just by being like, uh, not so many calories. Let's cut this stuff out. It, It now I'm plateaued, but. Hey, you know, it's 50 pounds, right? That's what I can't think. That's what I, I run into a lot is um, when I lost it, like people argue with you about it so much. It's like, no, the one proven way you can lose weight is by eating less calories. Like at some yeah. point, no matter what gimmick you have to do, you have to take in fewer calories than you burn if you want to lose weight. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yep. That's like. That's not even like I'm not even trying to make any sort of no one here is trying to make any sort of like uh, would you describe it as like political? It's not political. It's almost like you're not trying to do some sort of philosophical argument. It's like that's literally just like how math works. It's like the daily intake is supposed to be like 2000 calories. You want to lose some weight. Then don't you don't eat 2000 calories, which is even that's just basic. That's like maintain level. It's like. If you want to lose weight, you're only eating 2,000 calories a day. You better be burning like 2,500 calories. It's more more. from life experience that when I lost the weight initially, like a lot of people asked me because they were hoping I was going to give them some like deep secret to life. When I told them like I just stopped eating like a fat fuck, they were always like (laughs) – you could always tell the visible like disappointment Uh from it. And it's just like – that's really where I'm coming from is just like (laughs) – all of these gimmick weight loss things out there, they don't work. Like at some point you have to count your calories in some form or fashion because you, like, eat, you eat way, you eat way more than you think you do. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite joke uh, about the um, fad exercise stuff. This was from uh, Sean baby way back in the day. He did a whole write up about, there was a video that he found that was called breather size. That was, if you do this intense breathing workout, then you will breathe fat molecules out of your body. And he goes, if that worked, whenever you see big, heavy people get to the top of the stairs, breathing hard enough to put out a forest fire, they should get thin immediately. And like, that was the whole gimmick. 
And like for me, like when I did it, I knew from the start and where I finally got it right for me was exercise and I are just a fling that's going to die after four to six months. And I like to exercise and stuff, but I'm not going to stick with it. So I had to do it by food. Mm-hmm. Like I had to make that work without the exercise part of it. Exercise was just an added bonus and meant, oh, hey, we went for a hike and I burned 500 calories. That means I can have ice cream today. Like that's all exercise was in the process for me. Like I know I can't do it via exercise. I have to do it by calorie counting. Yeah. And then the Uh, other thing that I learned too by doing that and why bariatric surgery I think doesn't work is then you have to like confront your relationship with food. And like I learned when I did it and still a struggle is when I get really stressed out, like I just want to stuff my face. Yeah. Well, food is tough because you have to have food to survive. It's like yeah. if you have a, an issue with drugs or alcohol, like I know drugs and alcohol, I, I would guess drugs. I've never been like a drug addict uh, remotely. So I would guess drugs might be worse because the addiction factor is stronger. But there are people, there are plenty of people who have addiction to alcohol. It's like it, it, both of those are, are difficult, but you can work your way into like, well, I, I'm not going to, I don't. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to take drugs. It's said like that. You don't need those things to survive. You need food to survive. So being like, oh, I'm going to cut out food. It's like, uh, I mean, you can cut out things that you don't need that are of questionable nutritional value. Like <laughs> we had a whole conversation before the podcast started about uh, Brad and I did about like, oh, I really kind of like crumble cookies. <laughs> it's like we don't <laughs> need crumble cookies. Like that's not something that we need to survive. But you need food to survive. You can't be like, oh, I'm not going to eat a salad. It's like, well, actually, maybe salad's good for you. Maybe you should eat a salad versus like a crumble cookie. Yeah. Or or the other <clears> thing <throat> I learned. Well, there's a couple of tricks I learned. OK, so one is don't buy a big bag of chips. Buy the individual bag of chips. Oh, yeah. And then the other thing is if you can't trust yourself with it, don't have it in the house. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've definitely gone that route where it's like I, I won't do that. Uh, or to the extent I will buy something, I'm like, uh, I don't know. Let's say like, let's say I were to buy, buy a bag of chips. I, I actually very infrequently eat chips. Uh, I almost almost only get chips when it's like we're gonna do something. Like we we bought like a couple bags of chips uh, a couple months back when we went to the beach. Cause it's like, okay, we're gonna I'm we're buying this while we're at the beach because when we go to the beach, we're gonna have like these bag of chips like a snack. Yeah. Um, but I'd say like once we finished the bag or we left the beach, it's like, all right, let's go in the trash. I'm not keeping this. I'm taking it back with us. I it's like, actually, that, there you go. It's like you you eat it for like a really incredibly limited amount of time uh, and then it's gone. It's or you do what I do and buy a food scale so you can measure out exactly what the serving size is if it's in ounces. That's actually a good idea. It's a and really good cheap. idea, actually. They're mm-hmm. cheap and you can get them with the bowl on there and it's already weighted to the bowl. And it'll tell you the ounces. Like, it's a really great way to, because, mm-hmm. like, t- to not have to eyeball, like, well, what is an ounce of chips? Like, well, I can demonstrably prove what an ounce of chips is. Yeah. And then you can look at that piddly amount of chips and say, well, do I want to spend 160 calories on those eight chips sitting in my food? Yeah. Store? That's, yeah. that's the thing. So, so just to, 
for the sake of argument to to drag us back away from our tangent as we are wont to do mm-hmm. uh, matt where on your journey were you when last we were there so i again to, to finish like 2022 i thought like oh well you know maybe maybe i was diabetic wasn't so hypertension out diabetes out uh, the thing that was left, which made sense to me, is because obviously everything going on, especially like the unsteadiness and like, ah, uh, maybe I actually have like an inner ear type of disease, which uh, I was wondering if it was like Meniere's disease, which is actually a disease. I won't go into that. You can look it up. It's more like an inner ear type of thing. Uh, sometimes it is associated with hearing loss. So I was like, oh, my God, like that, that could be what's going on. Like all these weird symptoms, like the headaches the unsteadiness, the randomly, the occasional, like, nausea. That's very, that was very, like, limited. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I would frequently deal with this. It's like every, like, so often I would deal with this. And it wasn't prevalent, like, oh, I'm, I'm sick all afternoon. It's like, no, I'm, I'm, I feel nauseous for, like, a couple minutes and then it's gone. Uh, I thought that all this might have been, like, an inner ear thing, which makes sense because if you're having balance issues, having inner ear problems, uh, it would cause these symptoms. So I'm like, oh, crap, maybe it's that. But I still didn't address it because, you know, all these things going on, not the least of which is my wife was pregnant. She was due to give birth in February, which she did. Uh, so I thought, like, well, uh, I'll figure it out next year, uh, which technically is what I did. <laughs> uh, but by then, things kind of went pear-shaped. So moving into 2023, uh, everything – it's the holidays. You're busy with holidays. Uh, everything was the march towards, like, having a second child, which we did. Uh, we actually decided this time around, which we weren't able to do with our first daughter, unfortunately, we were like, you know, this is probably like our last kid because both of us are older, um, not planning on having any more kids. Uh, we technically, I guess, could, but it's like, eh, we're okay with two, so we're going to just leave it at that. We decided to take time off. Uh, both of us were going to take time off work. We're going to take like three months together. Uh, initially, I was going to go back to work for a time. She was going to continue being, my wife's going to continue being off with the baby. Um, and then I was going to take over for a couple months uh, to take care of her because our idea, our grand idea was like, we're going to have the baby home uh, for six months. Uh, and then once she, once she reaches six months, we'll put her at the daycare. Because I mean, uh, when we put, we put our daughter, our first daughter at the daycare early like three and a half months maybe. And it was, it was sad because literally she was there like a week, maybe two. And then immediately got like deathly ill, like from just, I mean, Chad, you know, like there's a million daycare viruses that are prevalent. Like, uh, yeah, you, you take your kid to a daycare. What you're really doing is putting their immune system through boot camp. Yeah. And in a weird way, it's almost like I, I overall feel like my personal immune system is is more robust than it it, it should be. Like, because I feel like I in the last my daughter is let's see she is going to be turning four in November. Um, so she's 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 closing in on that. She's like three now. I guess like three three years nine months now. Yeah. And she uh, I feel like my immune system is stronger. Because I've been sick like a hundred times since she started yeah. the daycare. But most of those times, it's not been that bad, except for the fact that I've told you guys before. Uh, I've gotten COVID, and I've gotten COVID twice because dumb-ass parents hmm. send their kids with COVID to the daycare. Yeah. Like and no those, one and, 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 now, that's 
look, you might, you would, look, I'm not like a weirdo about COVID. Um, I don't want to get COVID, but I'm also not, I'm also realistic. And it's like, I'm not going to avoid being able to have COVID. It's going to happen to everyone at some point. Um, so I'm not, I'm not like an asshole about it, but, uh, at the same time, like it, this is not even like COVID related specific. It's just like, if your kid is sick with anything, if your kid has the stomach virus, if your kid has like whatever, and you're like, ah, ah whatever. Let's say my kid is cool. It's like, no, don't do that. Because your kid is going to get my kid sick, and then now I'm going to have to take off work because my kid is sick for like two, three days. So that's really like inconsiderate. So well, I don't want to get whatever I mean, puke bug your kid gave my kid either. Oh my God, let me tell you something, Brad. Uh, it's been a, it's been like a couple of years, so you, you I think you hopefully don't have to ever have to deal with this. Let me tell you something. Like I've had I've had Corona, I've had uh, norovirus. Mm-hmm. Which is basically an intestinal, like a really intense intestinal flu. Yep. If you ask me which is worse, I'd be hard pressed to say because I've had COVID twice. The first time I had COVID, <laughs> it actually did affect me, but that was like two years ago. So I had like definitely like a more significant strain. The second time I had COVID, which was like, Actually, I think January this year or December of this year. Uh, well, sorry, December 2022. I feel like I didn't even know I had COVID. The only time I, the only reason I knew I, I tested myself was because, like, again, one of the stupid daycare parents was like, "Oh yeah, like yeah, we had COVID." I'm like, "Oh great!" Like I had a weird symptom the other day of like, like fatigue and, and lethargy. Let me go test myself. And then, of course, like, I got to test myself. Wait, God, wait, wait, wait. You fatigue and lethargy were rare enough for you that they wanted to test. That's like Tuesday for me. <laughs> well, it was like extreme fatigue. It was like oh. it was. I don't know if you've had. Hopefully, I guess you haven't had COVID. Uh, Brad, if I, I have, know. I was unaware of it. Brad, I don't know if you had this symptom, but when I say like like I fatigue slept and, for a day and then I was fine pretty much except for my voice. Okay. Uh, when I say lethargy and. Uh, and like fatigue, it's it's like fatigue to the sense that it literally is like you're almost like gonna fall into a coma. You're like, I cannot keep my eyes open. Like I I'm I have to like I have to rest even if it's like for thirty minutes because I'm about to like pass out. It's like that okay. level. I'm yeah, still mad about it. I was gonna go meet Ron Simmons and then I started getting super congested and my mm-hmm. wife did like an hour later. And fun fact, we got yeah. it going to dynamite last year. Um, but then she tested herself. Like I just tested positive. And I'm like, well, don't use the other test. I'll test. And if I'm positive, then we both know we're positive. Yeah. So now I was positive. So it's, I was uh, like sick for a day and then my voice was gone for a bit, but like by, by like, I think I came down with that on Friday and by like Monday, I was feeling pretty okay with life. Yeah. COVID COVID the first time I had COVID which actually gave me like notable symptoms. It lasted, I would guess about a week, but it, it was like a roller coaster because it started off being like, ah, oh, it's not that bad. It's more like a cold. And then, uh, by Wednesday, it's like, oh no, this is actually like the flu. And then that Thursday, that Thursday evening, I was like, oh my God, this, this is kicking my ass. And I had to like, it was like seven o'clock at night. Uh, it was before our second daughter. Uh, sec- that second, like a th- it's like a Thursday night, 
and our daughter usually goes to bed late, like at 8 p.m. And I was in my room, and I literally like looked at my wife. I'm like, you gotta put the do- you gotta put our daughter to bed. Like I can't I can't move from this couch. Like I'm, I'm just I don't feel well. And then she went to bed, and I I think I like stumbled upstairs to our bed for like like a, an hour later or something like that. And I literally slept for like 12 hours, which is unusual for me. And then after that, I actually felt like like a million times better after that. But it was like it was about a week of, of roller coaster symptoms. But it was it was significant, like a bad flu for like a day or so. Um, second time COVID, like again, outside of that, like I had like a 30 minute period where I had like really extreme fatigue. Like I felt fine. Like I didn't, I only thought I might have COVID besides being told like, oh yeah, you have been exposed. Uh, because I had that one episode of extreme fatigue and I had essentially like congestion, but it was like, I'll, I feel like I've had colds that were like a lot worse. My but reaction anyway. to my reaction to the actual COVID second COVID shot and the booster was worse than actual COVID. And like by, by like Wednesday, cause you're stuck inside for like forever. So like by Wednesday, we were well enough that we would just drive around in the car and go park like in front of a lake or something for 40 minutes just for something to do yeah like that i mean so yeah i mean it wasn't really anything yeah uh anyway like i've had COVID before uh where was i, <laughs> I forgot where i have digressed um we um, got COVID in this oh. miracle journey for the second time because that happened right before you had the baby yeah it happened before I had the baby um we got the baby in february uh, we were taking time off, so we had the baby. Uh, so we we're gonna be off, like for sure, together for the next three months. Uh, and then she was gonna go back for like a month. Oh, sorry, she was gonna stay off another month. I was gonna go back for like a month. Then I was gonna be off a couple months, and then at like six months, we were about, like gonna go back. All right, that was the plan, which would have put the six months would have been like now in August, like 2023. Uh, 20, so. Since I had time off, <laughs> it's one of those things, the classic thing where it's like, oh, I got time. Let me go, like, see what this hearing thing is going on. So I went to a local hearing center. They did an audiological test on me. Uh, and, I, again, at this point, I knew I had, like, audio issues because, like, my I clearly have, like, diminished hearing. It's not – that's not a surprise. Let me go see what's going on because it's uh, it's annoying. But I definitely have like diminished hearing. Let me see what's at, at play here. Let me see. Let me see how bad the diminished hearing is because, again, in my mind, I'm like, ah, crap. Like I'm getting older, etc. Years of concerts and loud music, etc. It's like maybe I need a hearing aid, which would suck. But it's like, well, I just go ahead and get it done. So get a hearing aid. I even had a whole conversation with the hearing center. It's like, oh, what kind of hearing aids you guys offer? Like I may have that. And they're like, ah, you can get this. It was a whole thing. So I did it. Okay, results come back. Results come back like instantaneous. Um, and they're like, oh. And anytime any sort of medical professional is like, oh, it's like, <laughs> oh, nothing that, absolutely nothing you say next is going to be something that I, I'm going to enjoy. They don't go, oh, you have oh, superpowers. No one, it's, no one wants to hear that. It's, no one it's wants always, to be like, that's half, half of a sentence that they have to cut off to be professional because the other half is, shit yeah um, yeah so they discovered that in my right ear uh i have an 80 percent 
hearing loss, but just in the right ear. Left ear is perfect. Um, but 80% is a lot. And as I came to find out, uh, hearing professionals, medical professionals, consider 80% hearing loss, so basically 20% serviceable hearing in an ear. They don't consider that serviceable hearing. Like they, they basically, you're basically like disabled in that ear, essentially. Yeah. It's like you're, you're, I don't think that there is a legal definition or legal like way to say I, like, oh, you're legally deaf, but I was, I had a, uh, a family like member, right here. I had a mm-hmm. family member who was in the hospital and yeah. they had a sign that was, uh, that was posted in the room that said patient is, legally blind and HOH. So it was legally blind and hard of hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, maybe that's a term or maybe that's just what this hospital used. But anyway, uh, maybe, maybe that's like, uh, how they, they quantify it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, 80% hearing loss, not good. Uh, and they won't even like talk to me about the hearing aid. Cause it's like, Oh, well, because is what they said. Well, you only have hearing loss in the right ear. It's like, okay, like, wait, all right, got a hearing aid in my right ear. It's like, ah, uh, you should talk to like an ENT, which is the ear, nose, and throat doctor. Mm-hmm. And so I have to make an appointment. So go to the ENT. And let me tell you something right now. I'm not going to name this person, mm-hmm. but after everything that happened, and I'll explain why I feel the way that I do. Like, if I saw this person on the street, like, on fire, like, I would be like, I would look at him and be like, ha, and I would not even piss <laughs> do, on him. You do the Jeremy out. Clarkson. It's like, oh, no. Anyway. anyway. That's a shame. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's a shame. So I saw him. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to give him credit for explaining certain things because it's like, I could literally go on to anyone. They could have explained the same thing, so I'm not going to give him credit for, like, telling me. But he basically said, like, well, you have hearing loss in the right ear. Okay, I can know that, idiot. Like, why? And he's like, well, it could be one of two things. So he's like, it could be caused by uh, – you could have had, like, a viral infection. Like, if you had a virus recently, and I'm like, well, shit, I, I just had COVID. Uh, if I could before, like – Maybe with COVID, like I can't think of any other time I had like any significant like illness, but I mean I did have COVID twice, so like could have been a virus, like that could have been it. Because I guess if you have a virus, sometimes not all the time, but sometimes like if you have a virus, like that can cause damage uh, to your auditory nerve. Which uh, again, knowing everything that I eventually would come to nerve, I guess the auditory nerve. Uh, it's apparently extraordinarily sensitive. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess, I guess you don't know, you don't think where, where people are like, ah, oh, you gotta be careful with your hearing. Don't listen to headphones too loud. Like be careful with concerts. It's like, they're not actually just like trying to buzzkill you, like not have fun. It's like, actually your auditory nerve is like ridiculously sensitive for what everyone should have to have to, it should be like, it's incredibly fragile. It's like all of us are walking around with auditory nerves in both ears that are like made of eggshells. It's like this, this is really it's a poor design flaw from God or whomever. Like it should be, it should not be this fragile. But anyway, I guess a, a virus uh, could cause damage to the auditory nerve. Um, 
I guess in really, really rare instances, it's like if you're taking some sort of medication that could cause damage. Because, but that's that's incredibly unrealistic or infrequent. Or he said the other thing it could be, you might have a tumor on the auditory. Really, it's not it's, technically it's not the auditory nerve, but in that ear, you could have a tumor in that ear called an acoustic neuroma. Um, which, if you actually Google acoustic neuroma. I believe the medical term or definition for it, the more the more appropriate medical terminology for it is vestibular schwannoma. Uh, and it is because it grows not actually from the auditory nerve. It grows from the balanced nerves on uh, from whichever ear it grows in. Uh, that's where it grows from. The problem is, again, because the auditory nerve is incredibly fragile, is that if it grows, if it damages the auditory nerve, like it can basically screw up your hearing uh, and it can screw it up in a way that, I mean, the guy was like, yeah, your hearing loss, your 80% hearing loss, like that's permanent. Like that's never going to come back um, because again, the auditory nerve is very fragile, but to even know we either had a viral issue that caused the, the damage or an acoustic neuroma, he's like, oh, I'm going to send you for MRI. So he sent me to an MRI. Okay, when did the MRI? Um, they gave me a disc. I look at the disc. Okay. Uh, now again, even though I have, I know a little bit more about medical stuff than the average person. Like I'm still not a medical professional, so I'm looking at it, and it looks on the disc that there is like a. He did it. it it's an MRI of the brain, with and without contrast. Uh, I've seen MRIs before. An MRI. Well, okay, two things. One, when I usually see MRIs, I only see, like, the report. I don't see, like, imaging. Uh, they didn't include the, the goddamn report no. with my with my imaging. They didn't include it. It's like, did this, what a, like, you literally, because I eventually had to get the report, and I literally, like, called them up, because they're like, the place is, like, 15 minutes away from where I live. I called them up, it's like, Y'all clowns didn't, like, include the imaging, like, the report, like, give me the report. Like, okay, we'll have it for you. Just come over here. Fifteen minutes later, I walk in. Yeah, I need the report. Okay, hold on. One, sixty seconds later, they print it off. Here you go. It's like, why couldn't you idiots, like, give me this back in the day? Anyway. Couldn't you just email this? Yeah, seriously. So I'm looking. Uh, they don't include the report. I'm looking at the imaging without contrast of the MRI. I can't see shit. It's just, like, my brain. It's like... Okay, it's my brain. I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. With contrast, with which the contrast is, they do, uh, they do like a, they inject a dye into you. Now they do that at the end. Like I don't know if you ever had an MRI. I don't know if you ever had like an. Well, I don't know if you have an MRI. Period. At either of you had an MRI. Uh, yes. Of, of your whole body. Uh, it was. Uh, it was in my abdomen. So. Oh, okay. So you probably went through this. I don't know, yeah, if, I don't yeah. know if you recall. Like, an MRI is not pleasant. No, um, no. you got to lay in there and not panic while you're in this big plastic tube that, like, rattles and bangs around you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's not pleasant. I'm not claustrophobic at all, but the damn thing – that the, an MRI takes, like, a long goddamn time. It's, like, 45 yeah. minutes an hour. It's, like, you're just sitting there, like, you're basically, like – it's like you're in a hole in the ground, like buried in like a very small tube. 
and you're just left with your thoughts. And you're like, this is really weird and not particularly comfortable, and I don't know what the hell is going on. Uh, so it's not I, exactly... I had to have a HIDA scan once, which they inject you with radioactive um, material to watch you digest it. And the second yeah. time, I was allowed to look at my phone, but the first time, I had to sit in the machine for two hours, and I wasn't allowed to move. Oh, two hours is a long time. I would not yeah. enjoy that. Yeah. The and nicest... inside a machine, too. When I had one done with, because the most recent one I had done was when I wrecked my shoulder, yeah. and I'm laying there, and they're like, "Hey, um, would you like to listen to something?" And I was like, I wasn't sure how to answer it first because I was like, "Dude, what are you gonna like? Give me your mixtape?" Or and he goes, and he took out these plastic headphones, and he goes, "We can, we've got like satellite radio, we can put it on whatever." I said, "Oh, pick a stand-up comedy channel and just just leave me alone." And he goes. Do you care? I said, pick a stand-up comedy channel. Just pick one. And so I laid there and listened to stuff without the benefit of skip button. So I had to listen to a few people that I don't think are funny. But it was way better than laying in there staring at the, you know, the the plastic sarcophagus that's rattling and banging around you. Here you go, dude. It's like the playlist for uh... <laughs> hey. D-Cook. I'm like, oh, okay, no. No, I, I would rather silence. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it it wasn't his bootleg recording of the last time he saw fish in concert or anything. Yeah. Uh, so I did it. I mean, I did it, and it was uh, not really a fun experience. Um, but I did it, and it it sucked. Like, but mm-hmm. the the problem was like I did probably like ninety to ninety five percent of it. And at the very end, they're like, oh, look, we're going to now do it with contrast. We're going to inject this. Oh, you might feel a little bit like unpleasantness after we inject it. So, again, you're in like a tube. So they yep. inject it. OK. And I've never had contrast. Like, I don't know if anyone who has. Oh, it burns, don't it? It did not burn at all. It oh, did okay. not burn. That said. And again, I I'm not again. This is going to sound I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm not being immodest. I will say that I generally have like a, a relatively good constitution. Like I'm not someone who usually gets squeamish. I'm not someone who oftentimes gets nauseous or anything like that. I have like a pretty fairly good stomach about things. Uh, they injected that, and it literally was like five minutes of being being like I'm in a tube, like prone. I cannot hurl, but it made me instantly stick to my stomach. Yeah. Stick to my stomach to the point where, again, I wasn't going to vomit, but it was like, you know how, like, not that I I, I did the whole, like, dry heaves or I, I felt, like, bile rising in my uh, in my throat or anything like that, but it was one of those things where it's like, you know, you feel, you feel sick to your stomach, you don't feel good, and yeah. you get that weird, like, overproduction of saliva and other things. It's like, you yeah. feel like your saliva glands like overworking and you feel like you're about to like you're you could easily spit yeah even if it's not vomit it's like i felt that i'm like Ugh. it was like it was basically the next few minutes i struggled to like make sure you, you're not gonna vomit don't vomit so that's yeah. what i focus <laughs> that's what i had to focus on but it sucked um so they did that again i finished it i thought like oh well that sucked but that was fine uh, they gave me the disc. I looked at the disc with the contrast after I looked at it. I saw a bright spot on my right side. And I'm like, ah, crap. That's probably like, I probably have the neuroma. 
I did. I had an acoustic neuroma. Uh, here's the thing. This is why, like, if the guy was on fire, I, would, I wouldn't even gain to piss on him to put him out. I had that, right? And again, I saw this, and I thought he was going to call me. So I gave it it. I gave it a little bit of time. I gave it, like, a week or so. Like, uh, maybe I gave it, like, a couple weeks. And he never called me. Never called me. It got to the point where my wife was like, what's going on? Like, why isn't this guy, have this guy contacted you? Like, no, not yet. Like, uh, she's like, why don't you just call him? Like, what's going on with this guy? Like, I don't know. So I called him and I play phone tag. Like where it's like, yeah, hi, I need this doctor to call me, uh, with the results of my imaging. Cause they, uh, the, the center like sent like the imaging to this individual. I'm like, yeah, he hasn't called me. Like I need this. And so finally he called me back and it's like, yeah, um, yeah, you have this. You should probably go see a specialist. And it's like, okay, well, like what I had to basically interrogate him for like 30 minutes. It's like, what's going on? Like, why won't you tell me everything? I'm like, I don't know what this is. You're the expert in this. What's going on? And he begrudgingly would give me some information and it's like, dude, like, it, but basically, past buck. It's like, yeah, you should, uh, you should go see a specialist. It literally was a point where I'm like, okay, you're telling me to see a specialist. What specialist? Tell me. Tell me where I should go. Like, and that was less like, I mean, obviously, if you Google, you could probably find someone, which might I have to do. But it's more like, if someone were coming to you, it's like, yeah, you got a problem. Okay, what's the problem? Oh, it's this. Great. How do I fix the problem if you're, like, so adamant that I have a problem? Oh, you, I don't know. You should talk to someone. You're the one bringing this to me. Who? You're the one with a lot of opinions about what I should do. Like, tell me then. Make it easier for me since you have a lot of opinions. He I was, like, pulling teeth to give me get this some information from him. So, finally, I got a couple names, which isn't even the names that I went with. But he said this, right? Uh, he said this is, like, who you should go talk to. Okay. Uh, at least a couple people to start with. So that began the journey, guys. Uh, that that has begun. That became the journey for like the next like last four months. Uh, I had what's called an acoustic neuroma. Now, those who know what an acoustic neuroma is, vestibular schwannoma. Uh, let me explain exactly what's going on. Now, an acoustic neuroma. Uh, it is a tumor that grows from the balanced nerves uh, on whatever side is affected. In my case, it was the right ear. Uh, it grows from the balance nerves. Uh, and I guess the only, the only like silver lining with these type of tumors is that they are benign, meaning they are not cancerous. Benign obviously is, you don't have a tumor, but if you're going to have like a tumor, you're going to have a benign tumor because it's not cancerous. It's not going to spread to other body parts. Uh, and especially considering its location, you don't want cancer spreading in your brain. <laughs> Uh, so thankfully I didn't have that, but it is a tumor and it was growing from my balance nerves. Now, if a acoustic neuroma, which as I came to learn, affects about 100,000 people in a year, at least in America. Uh, but do the math, folks. Okay, 100,000 people in America. There are 330 plus million people in america like this is not only like a rare condition 
this is like there's probably there might be more people that there, I, I live like just outside of dc dc has like what 500 600 there's way more people there's like a handful of people in the entirety of dc that would have this condition uh then yeah, there's a good chance there's a good chance a general practitioner could go their whole career and never see this condition oh yeah oh yeah like it is to say it, it is a rare esoteric condition is like it's not even a joke like it's i i my wife like kind of like bitterly is like well, i should just play the damn lottery it's like the same odds basically uh it's it's ridiculous um but if you have this condition there are there's levels to it okay now the most prevalent uh symptom of it which well what a surprise it's hearing loss because again the auditory nerve is very uh, fragile uh that's the first thing that would may necessarily be affected uh but because it grows from the balanced nerves there you go. That's why I was having some unsteadiness or balance issues because it was growing from that. It's like if you have something that is affecting your balance nerves, like, well, that's that's a good explanation as to why that was causing that. Um, but if it's caught early, uh, essentially the very, very early, the what they do is like it's, it's like a wait and see approach, because uh, as I came to learn like this type of tumor uh grows exceedingly slowly like it literally grows like mm, just a few millimeters a year uh so it grows very slowly so they, they just watch it they do like regular scans essentially mri scans and and they may be infrequent like six months 12 months and if it if it keeps growing once it reaches a certain point that's when they step in now, first thing they do uh, once it reaches a certain point is they do what's called uh, it's it's called there's different names for things. I guess there's different approaches, but the most frequent name or most common approach is what's called a gamma knife, which is essentially it's like you get like a very, very they put like this weird helmet halo thing on you, and you get like an extraordinarily targeted burst of radiation um which basically it does not remove the tumor but it arrests it and it stops it from growing so you can address the issue uh and it will not grow again because they basically radiate it uh and i know like anytime you're talking about radiation and the brain it's like jesus christ not when my brain irradiated but uh as i wind up talking to my doctor because uh, he has he's a literally like a world specialist in this type of thing. He's like, we have been doing this type of procedure for like 50 years uh, in, in that entire time. Like they've never done a study which has shown any sort of like effect from it, i.e. like, oh, we did this and then like 20 years later this person got brain cancer. It's like, no, like that, that data actually doesn't exist. It's like, it's almost like, uh, I don't know the analogy to use, but it's almost like you are, if if you're if you're doing like an orbital strike, it's like I'm literally dropping this on like one small section, and everything else is, is perfectly fine, nothing is affected. So 
this is the only thing that was affected and everything else is fine from there. So that addresses that. Now, if the tumor reaches a certain size, then the only way to remove it is through surgical excision, which essentially means, and there's different approaches to do, they have to open up your skull and remove it through surgery. Uh, and thank God we're 2023, like surgical advancements have occurred. Uh, so there are safe, air quote, approaches to do this. Um, there's a couple different approaches. Uh, at one point, well, let me, before I get into that, I was going to say, like, my uh, tumor had progressed because it has been, it had been in there for the better part of a decade. Uh, it, my wife was like, like, wide eyes. It's like basically the entire time I've known my wife and I've been with her now since uh, 2011. So going on 12 years just together, not even married, but together. The entire time like, we've been together, it's basically always been there. Um, it's just been growing so slowly that up until the last like couple of years, it's not giving me like any symptoms. Uh, it was way past the point of like, well, we'll just monitor it. It's way past the point of being like, well, we'll get radiation. My tumor had grown to, depending upon the surgeon you talk to, the doctor you talk to, either the large or gigantic size. Mm. Uh, gigantic, like over four centimeters. Pull out like a, a, a you know, a ruler. Uh, that's big. That's real fucking big. Like mm -hmm. that's. Uh, let me actually Google how how big is a golf ball. Uh, is a golf ball. Let me see. Oh, they do inches. Curse you, standard. <laughs> non uh, non world set, uh, metric system. Did you at least get to see it after they oh, removed it? A golf ball size in centimeters is 4.268. Oh, actually, mine was probably, my tumor was probably bigger than a golf ball because mine was over 4.268 centimeters. I want everyone yes. to, like, next time they're in a store, sports store, any store, Target, whatever, that sells golf balls, when you look at a golf ball and be like, oh, Matt had this in his fucking head yeah. they, for, like, they, years. Did they let you get to see it after they took it out? No, no. They, they, uh, that's so fun. <laughs> I don't want to see it. I'm like glass. You don't want to curse anyway. it one last time before they haul wait, it away to be. Wait, Brad. Yeah. yeah. From this description, Matt had the thing in his head. Am I the only one that's having Baldur's Gate 3 flashbacks oh, right God. now? <laughs> <laughs> All, All right, I know sorry. is like there was this going on. Okay. And I didn't know this because, again, the guy would not tell me. Uh, so I was – I started – my wife and I started down the road of like trying to – resolve this so we actually i actually spent uh like most of may exploring with one other people the one of the two people that he talked to that he like recommended which is like i only went with them because they are i'll say local they aren't local like it's it's down in like central virginia it's like two and a half hours away i had to take time off i had to go down there 
to explore this, like, I think like two or three days doing medical tests, et cetera. Uh, because they were like the first one to respond. Uh, and I didn't, we didn't ultimately go with them, but my wife started pouring over the MRI imaging. And that's when like shit started to get real for me because again, I like, I saw stuff, but I, I, the other thing I didn't know about the imaging was like, if you actually press a button on some of the imaging, it actually does. It's almost like, you know how like you're watching like the weather channel and you press like the Doppler, like the radar button. And like, you yeah. know, it shows you like a video where it's like, oh, it's like the clouds are coming here. Or that's like the, here's a storm coming in. Let me, let's track it. It was, it's, it's kind of like a moving thing like that. And she did it. And so it basically does like a, it shows you like your brain. It's almost like, here's a, it's like, here's your brain. It's like, all right, now let's show you like a slope with a brain. And it's like, she did it and she showed me. And it's like, <laughs> to go back to what I was saying earlier, it's like, oh, <laughs> it's like, no, oh, it's not good. Was Don't it just oh. like, was it like that old um, commercial when we were kids where they like smack the egg with a frying pan and be like, this is your brain on drugs. Is that what happened? I mean, it's like, oh, that's not good. Because it's like, again, it's like a, a Doppler radar. It's like, oh, my brain looks normal. It's like a little bit. I guess you kind of see the beginning of the tumor. It's like, oh, my God, that's big. Oh, my yeah. God. It's the iceberg heading straight for the Titanic. Yes. Uh, so it was very big. And it was pressing on my brain. Uh, and here's the thing why I got addressed. It's not just like, well, this is bad. You got to get this address. Two things were happening. One, which I haven't really talked a lot about. I haven't talked until now. Um but this this year, this actually started causing me like an incredible amount of problems. Um, one, uh, so you are not meant to have obstructions in your brain, guys, uh, which is obvious. Yeah. But if you this that, is news to me. Like, when, when did when did science figure <laughs> this out? If that happens, um, all sorts of things happen. Uh, one of the things that is often quite common is that obstructions of that nature causes other issues. One of the things that happens quite frequently is that it messes up the ventricles in your brain. The ventricles are where cerebral spinal fluid uh, is located and is generated. Now, you actually, I know this part, but you generate like a ridiculous amount of spinal fluid every day. Like you, yeah. you it's, it's like a lot. Like it's way more spinal fluid than you think is produced a day. Now it's not like oh, I produce like eight, eight liters. It's like no, it's not. It's not like that. But it's also like uh, if you produce like a couple quarts of spinal fluid a day, it's like that's it's a lot. But it's like that's not abnormal necessarily because your brain is like it's it's essentially spinal fluid is essentially a lubricant in your entire you know nervous system and it's doing that all the time. Now it's very something in that uh, and that affects it so. It was essentially, not essentially, it was, it was causing hydrocephalus, which is, some of you are like, oh, water on the brain. It's not really water. It's not, but it was causing hydrocephalus. It was causing an obstruction in that, which is affecting everything. My ventricles and my brain were abnormal because as someone, uh, one of the doctors pointed out, it's like, this is essentially like, imagine a balloon, okay? Flaccid balloon in a space. Flaccid, it's just 
laying there. Now let's start to slowly inflate it. It's like everything around the balloon starts getting displaced. So that was one of the images from the MRI and what the doctors show me. It's like, yeah, this is your normal brain. It's like, like this. Yeah, this side of your brain is like way over here. It yeah, shouldn't be God. because mm. it's, it's basically pushing, excuse me, it's pushing everything out of place. Oh, it was causing hydrocephalus, which is not good. And that, more than anything, that with the whole spinal fluid issues, that was the reason why I was having headaches. Um, and again, I wasn't like, oh, I, I just living with a headache. It wasn't like that. But it's like the fact that I was having headaches at all, like that's the cause of it. Uh, I actually had... I guess to my credit, I had, because it could have been worse, I had what's called communicating hydrocephalus, which is hydrocephalus where there, the, the spinal fluid actually has proteins inside of it, which, again, this is kind of the weird thing about proteins and your body and everything like that. Like it communicates in a way. Mm-hmm. So that's good and bad. It's good in the sense that it's like, it was kind of like in a way, like helping things not be as bad as it could be. Uh, but we are also going to see uh, in the next, like say few weeks, whether the hydrocephalus at all starts coming back. And the reason it would come back is just because like the communicating thing, like uh, it can cause potentially it to come back or issues to come back. Now, I don't necessarily think it will. Uh, I haven't shown signs yet. Let's hopefully I don't, uh, because one of the things that will likely be a sign of hydrocephalus is that I will get a headache, but it will be like incredibly severe headache. Like almost like I can't deal with this headache because it's that is really like a spinal fluid issue. And I don't have that yet. Let's hope in the next, like, let's say four weeks, I don't have that. If I don't have it in four weeks, then it's likely I won't have that. Now, if I really were to have that, like, that's not good. Like, I would, in theory, actually have to have, like, a shunt in my brain, which I don't want that. <laughs> um, I don't think I'll have that. Knock on wood, I shouldn't, because the tumor appears to be the thing that, the obstruction, the thing that was causing it to begin with, so that hopefully... Now that it's been removed, like I've removed the problem, I don't have I don't have to have like that hydrocephalus problem again. Um, the thing I was gonna say is like the other good thing I did was like again I tried to be very active, tried to run and everything like that. And from what I understand, like that actually helps with like spinal fluid flow. Like my wife again, my wife is like my wife is not a doctor. She arguably should have been because she the amount of research she has done the last like three to four months. It's amazing. Like she, she has done back and forth. Like she has done everything. Like she's poured over everything she could to like kind of address the situation. And one of the things she's like, yeah, you have hydrocephalus. Like this is what people have been doing for that. This is what people do to like make sure they don't have to have a shunt, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, she's definitely encouraged me to like be more active. Uh, But I've been trying to be active and I think that has helped me because like when I, before I had this issue resolved, like she, uh, I was trying to run. I think that like helped the hydrocephalus, but 
Uh, the hydrocephalus also causes other issues, which I haven't really talked about. Uh, I haven't even talked to you guys about it, but it's like it's that that was bad. That was really bad to the point where this year it really started affecting me, and it affected me like it's a, it's a quality of life issue. Like, um, one of the big things is like I uh, I wound up having to drink like multiple cups of coffee a day because I did read that caffeine helps with cerebral spinal fluid production uh but beyond that the hydrocephalus was causing like incredible like fatigue and uh tiredness to the point of almost like narcolepsy like it's yeah. it's no joke uh again we started this process pretty late i didn't even get tested and didn't know that these issues happened until february this year uh well at least with like the hearing loss which started the whole snowball down the hill of it uh and having a baby which obviously babies don't initially sleep well i'm incredibly tired incredibly fatigued all all the time to the point where i'm like do i sleep apnea what's going on like i know the baby doesn't sleep really on she sleeps fine now she sleeps a good like six to eight hours a night but i thought like well maybe i'm just tired from the baby no like even up to like a couple months back uh a month back it's like it would be like nine o'clock at night i'm like passing out like yeah. I can't I can't keep my eyes open. The only time I could actually stay awake is maybe like the podcast or um, other times where like I, my brain is super, super engaged in something. So I could like stay up because like my my cognitive functioning is like fire in all cylinders. But otherwise, it's like there would be plenty of times it'd be like nine o'clock at night, nine thirty at night. I'm like passed out. Like I can't keep my eyes open. That was me that for. Was, that was me for a long, the last couple of years until I got um, on antidepressants. Yeah, I it wasn't because I'm depressed. It wasn't because of sleep apnea. It was basically the hydrocephaly causing those issues. Um, but it was caused by the tumor. But I was gonna say, like, before we get into like, uh, and we're kind of running long, so I'll try to like, like button this up a little bit. But uh, I had to get the surgery done, not just because of like the hydrocephaly. It's because I. Again, I started the whole process. I saw several different physicians, and the physicians told me. Uh, I had one physician tell me, like they they weren't trying to be doom and gloom. And again, it's like it's tough to be that way when it's like, oh, it's a benign tumor. It's like, but things had progressed so far that one doctor was like, eh, you should get this addressed in the next like three months. And it's like, or what? It's like you should get it addressed in three months. And it's like, <laughs> I have, I have literally had a child who's not even a year old. I have a daughter, like, who's, you know, not even four yet. It's like, I don't intend to be gone. But I had to get this addressed because, uh, besides the hydrocephaly, the tumor was so big, it was pressing upon my brainstem. And I don't know if you <laughs> know a lot about the brainstem. It's like, well, the brainstem does a lot of things that are, like, sexy, but are vital such as keeping you breathing. Yeah. So you can't let crap happen to the brainstem. Like you need to keep that fine. Um, so you, it was bit allowing it to continue. Uh, there's basic, it's not conducive to life. So I either like make peace with everything and be like, love you guys. See you guys like, see you guys down the road. And I'm gone and like by the end of the year or um, I get this address. So 
was it that were you that close to like was the was the end that close like with where you were at with it like i'm just it's, curious it's you... so true it's dramatic because i try i've been telling my wife i'm like uh i've been talking to my wife and kind of like i'm like it's it i can say this in a joking fashion because it sounds incredibly dramatic to put it this way but it's like well i was dying um but now i'm okay <laughs> um and that sounds incredibly dramatic it's like really a benign tumor you're dying it's like uh kind of because things had progressed so far it that sounds it's like, like it, it sounds like that ticking time bomb thing where you just would have like stroked out at some point yeah it, it was it had progressed so far that being like saying like well i was dying it's like that it's like no that's true like that's so dramatic it's like it is dramatic um and i'm not trying to be dramatic uh, and I'm being a little flippant when I say things like that, but in reality, it's like, no, actually, this is like, this is bad. Uh, I'm not, the guy is like three months. I'm not saying like, oh, in three months I would have died, but it's like, I, if I had just left it alone, I'm like, whatever, I had a good it's, life. I don't know. It sounds I, like, that does sound like you were accelerating symptoms pretty quickly, though. It, uh, it, it really is, it, again, it's so dramatic. I'm not trying to be dramatic, but it's like if uh, I it would not have surprised me that if I just left it alone, that by the end of the year, it's like this is it. That's it. I'm clocking out. But uh, so it was a whole journey started in May uh, and it was to say it was a roller coaster is. Uh, I can't even tell you because like I was going to do it. People weren't uh, places weren't responsive initially, so I'm like, well, the place in Central Virginia is responsive. Let me go that way. Meanwhile, while I was exploring that, there was a place all the way out in Dallas, Texas, that was like, well, we could do it. Uh, so then it became like, well, shit, we're gonna move halfway across the country for like a month and do things in Dallas, Texas. Um, and I, I even had things like scheduled with them, like it was gonna happen in Dallas, Texas, while I was waiting for that to happen, because nothing happens necessarily like, like I schedule on a Monday, it's like going to happen Friday. It's like, it's not quite that quick. Um, obviously it's medical doctors, like they have to schedule everything. Um, and in between then, uh, New York city actually became like, uh, an option. So we started exploring New York city, which was to me very preferable because, uh, New York is, cause I'm in just outside of DC. It's, easier to get to for me versus Dallas. I have to get on an airplane. Uh, New York City, like I can actually just get on a train, even though trains are costly. Like I've had to go up to, to New York City like multiple times in the last like month. Uh, and it's like 300 bucks or something for like trips and everything like that each Holy time. crap. Oh yeah, that's, I mean, if you, if you are someone who is going to go, if you're like, you know, one of these assholes on the hill who wants to go to New York and back for, on the Acela uh, multiple times a week or something like that. You have like a pass with Amtrak and you you do it like you plan it well in advance. Like you can get it much cheaper, but um, it costs a bit. Uh, but that, I mean, that's the convenience. It's like if you live in the Midwest and like, oh, my God, three hundred dollars to go to New York and back on a train. It's like, yeah, that's a lot of money. Uh, it's a lot of money. I'm not saying it isn't, but it's also like you can go up to New York and back in a day for three hundred bucks. And if you're doing stuff like I've 
I was doing medical treatment, it's like, mm, it's actually not as bad as it could be. I mean, that's 300 bucks is like, might as well fly somewhere, at least or somewhere. You can fly like, cheaper. Yeah. Places. But <clears throat> I did it. Uh, eventually, again, I had to have surgery for reasons to save my life. Uh, mm-hmm. And it wasn't the doctor I wound up going with wasn't the first doctor I saw. He was like the fourth doctor. And I was telling you guys before, like, I can't say the name of the doctor uh, because not because he doesn't want to. He's he's like an incredibly nice guy. He's like a my wife found him and loves him because my wife, at the end of the day, is a gigantic nerd. And this guy is the biggest nerd. <laughs> uh, when I met with him initially, it was like an hour and a half meeting. And it was like an hour of him just talking about acoustic aromas and everything he has done for them over the last like 30 years. And there's like, there's no arrogance in him saying that there was nothing of that sort. He wasn't him being like, Oh, look how great I am. Me doing this for 30 years. He was just like, it was really, I was telling you guys, it's like, ask a five-year-old boy what his favorite dinosaur is go. And it's like, you'll see like that kid's eyes light up and it's like, Oh my God, let me tell you about a stegosaurus. And it's like, they'll just talk for like an hour about how awesome dinosaurs are and that dinosaur in particular. And it's like, that's this guy. This did guy's he, not arrogant. Did he say, okay, let me tell you about fluid. <laughs> so you got, fluid. I've been waiting for one of you to do that all night. So your brain is full of fluid. <laughs> you know, like remove this tumor. Fluid's going to flow again. You know, um, no, but he's, uh, he's incredibly, he's a big nerd. And I, to this guy's credit, uh, cause my wife, Again, my wife is a big nurse, researched everything, but my wife can also occasionally get a little bit like cynical or pessimistic or likes to at least know the worst case scenario. So she was on all these blogs. Oh, that's about, the worst thing you can do. Acoustic uh, aromas. And she was like, initially she was so horrified. She was like, you're going to be an invalid. Like, I'm convinced you're going to be an invalid. Like, we're going to do it because I want to save your life. But uh, like, let's hope for the best. And Yeah, but I told you, I told you going in though, I said, because you were talking about some of this stuff, I said, look. They had they had that I could die from just having my gallbladder out, and that's like a nothing surgery. So I mean, like they just have to put it on there for liability's sake. Well, they do just stuff. because, like, well, okay, yes and no. Like, yes, they have to for liability's sake because uh, what's the risk of dying from surgery? Well, if you have no surgery, probably zero percent compared to a surgery. So yeah, but. I mean, they also were operating on my brain. So it's yeah. also like, well, you could die. It's like, well, okay, you're operating on my brain. That's probably true. Um, but I was concerned about that. I didn't really think it was because I actually did research and they were like, well, the risk of that happening is like low. The guy told me, it's like, dude, I've, I, it's like, I've been doing this 30 years. Like, I've never had a single fatality. Uh, and I guess the thing going in my favor. Uh, is I'm like 20, 30 years younger than people who have to go through this sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, now, that said, this guy is a world-class guy. And one of the reasons why my wife sought him out specifically, not just because he's world-class, is because there are a, um, there are a ton of complications that she saw through the, uh, reading these blogs and just her research that go with this surgery. Because, uh, again, we're running running long i'm gonna spare you all the details i could i could tell you i could talk like an hour about everything i went through with this surgery we can come um, back and do a 
second parter next week. <laughs> um, essentially, like they have to do brain surgery on you. They have to cut out a tumor. They have to. People have to put, you know, things, fingers, and other things in your brain. They have to deal with nerves in your body that's not meant to be touched uh, by outside anything. Um, there are a lot of problems that can go wrong. Um, and I want to, I want to emphasize like right now, here I am. I'm not like, Oh, let me go for a, a marathon. It's like, no, like I, yesterday I did PT. I have, I have to have, I have to do physical therapy for a bit. I have to do physical therapy tomorrow. Um, I'm someone who likes to be active. I like to keep myself in shape. I like to run. It's sort of like that. I did physical therapy yesterday, which I almost want to say like going for a run and I don't mean like, Oh, I'm going to run for like 10 miles. something. like, I run for like a 5k, like as just as an ordinary, like daily or sometimes uh, several times a week, like workout just to keep myself like in shape or in good cardiovascular shape. Uh, what a run is probably more strenuous than what I did at physical therapy yesterday. Yeah. And afterwards I was like, I'm someone like kicked my ass. Like I, I just feel like I did like a full high intensity boot camp workout. Like people, people were doing shit to my brain. Like I'm not 100. Um, percent And I tell, I tell people, I tell my wife, it's like every day I feel better. It's like, like how do you feel today? It's like, well, I feel like one two percent better. It's like, if someone tells you that, it's like one percent's not much better than yesterday. It's like, well, no. Um, but in 10 days, it's like, I feel 10% better. It's like, hmm, 10% is not bad. So in like, I, the timetable allegedly, generally, is like six weeks, kind of. So it's yeah. like, in six weeks time, if I'm better or close or approaching where I used to be, um, that's good. But there are so many things that could go wrong, uh, what, not the least of which, uh, this is the reason why my wife sought this guy out is because one of the most common, uh, and what many doctors, including like the first one I saw in Central Virginia, told me, it's like you got a 50-50 chance that your face is going to be fucked up, possibly permanently, but at least for like months. And by fucked up, I mean like you will have facial paresis, which is weakness, uh, possibly paralysis. Um, which means it's like, I mean, I'm not, I'm kind of vain. I can manage a lot of things, but it's like, I have two small kids. Like, I don't, it would be sad to me if like going forward, you know, my daughter, my oldest daughter, who I love, if she is like, oh, I, I daddy's face is like, daddy doesn't smile like he should. Like, that would break my heart. But yeah. this doctor was like, from the very first meeting, he's like, I care about quality of life. Like, I, the, the most important thing in your life is your smile. Like, let's make sure that your smile isn't affected. Like, we're not gonna, like, I have, I know physicians who deal with facial reconstruction. Like, we can go that route. I don't want, I don't want to even, like, talk about, uh, I don't even have to, like, mention that guy's name. Like, the, the goal, we don't even have to, like, think about that guy. Uh, and here we are, like, two weeks out. I had to have surgery, um, two weeks out. And, like, the level I'm at currently is remarkable. Like the right after the surgery, I had like basically, basically I had numbness on my right side, like at my cheek and in my mouth, 
to the level where it's like my mouth felt, you know, how, like you get like dental treatment, filling, root canal, whatever. They mm-hmm. numb it like Novocaine. It felt like someone had like uh, injecting with Novocaine because they're going to put a filling or something like that. And it stayed that way for like a while. And I can feel my cheek still have numbness. Uh, but here we are two weeks out. My taste is probably like 90, 95% normal. You're talking mm-hmm. uh, pretty good too. Yeah. If, if honestly, the way I feel right now with the numbness, everything like that, if it never gets better, which it could, um, it likely will. It's just that they were messing around with nerves that nerves actually regenerate. At least those nerves do. It takes uh, okay. a while. I blew out nerves in my finger once. It took about eight months to get feeling back. It takes a while. It takes a while. But they the fact that grow, I have... They grow really slow. It's, someone broke yeah. down how they... Because, like, that's the other thing, like... Like, with back stuff that happened with my dad is, like, something got pinched. And it took a while oh, for yeah. those nerves to, like, get it together again. The level of functioning... The level of functioning on that, two weeks out is remarkable now again usually and usually i think like with like the paralysis situations uh, it's for not... example my yeah i was gonna say usually well, everything is, is perfect too because like mm-hmm. i was gonna say it's usually like scar tissue that causes problems with nerves not like being able to reconnect is where that usually it's goes a, wrong. i don't have scar i yeah i don't have scar tissue um but it's more like uh inflammation mm-hmm. uh because again it's like it actually i had a good point it's like um the brain like can recover remarkably it's like like you will have seen like a lot of significant improvements within like six six weeks like your brain you'll you almost feel like normal on a cellular level your brain will be like, what the hell did you just do to me? And it's going <laughs> to, it's going to take some time to recover, especially like the nerves and everything like that. But, uh, I am doing remarkably well, uh, considering everything that happened, but it's not something that is like overnight. It's going to be like a while longer. It's just that I'm doing like remarkably well, but it, it takes time. Like I've like, I have more fatigue during a day than you would think. It's almost like um, conditioned after just like a couple weeks. Uh, and it's getting better every day. It's also like you would be surprised how like out of it you get. There's um, a they've always and, told me, I've always heard there's like a three month, a six month, and a twelve month like rule with surgery. Yeah, uh, I'm doing pretty good. Hopefully by three months I'm largely normal, but yeah, I mean it definitely is there. Uh, the biggest thing is because again this is like a vestibular type of thing that my inner ear uh, still needs. That's largely what the physical therapy is for. It's like a vestibular, mm-hmm. like inner ear balance thing. Because uh, now part of that is like a deconditioned thing. It's like we did like some light weights. Uh, yesterday, and it was like, again, like my, my, uh, and I did like some squats. Like, my legs today are like, I might as well have been like, someone took a, a lead pipe and was like beating me on the legs and thighs. Mm. Uh, because of it, it's like, it, it they hurt. They're like, they're incredibly like, 
uh, overtaxed. Beyond that, it's like uh, my balance is like shot. Now, my balance this week compared to last week is like night and day. But at the same time, it's like at the physical therapy place, there's like a pad. Like it's like a spongy pad that most people could probably be like stand on it and be like, well, it's fine. Now, standing on it like last week compared to this last week is way more difficult. This week, it's like I could stand on it. Uh, it's fine. But it's also like I'm wobbly because my balance is off, like way off. Now, it's better it's better this week than last week. That said, like my eyes open looking around, it's like, uh, oh, it's it's wobbly, but I'm okay. And the physical therapist's like, all right, close your eyes. I close it. It's like someone might as well have like uh gave me like ten drinks. It's like, mm. whoa, I'm like I'm like your way house. off. Yeah. because uh, your the visual like part of that is like a big part of it. And I will say, like, right after the surgery, I had uh I had really bad, not vision issues, but like the vision part of it was really a component of it. Uh, I had like instagmus, which is like my eyes. Uh, it got better every day, but uh, certainly at the peripheral, it, it's like the, it's an inv- involuntary eye movement, and it would not. My eyes like would once it got like like take a finger, hold that in front of you, start moving it to the sides, like have your eyes like follow uh the finger like most people can do it normally like once it starts getting to the peripheral obviously it, it, it's you can see it less because it's coming out of your line of vision but your eyes can still track it like with me like right after the surgery like the next the following week after the surgery it's like it's fine not really but kind of like while you can still track it, but once it starts getting to those edges, like the peripheral, it's like, oh, things, things went haywire. Like, your eyes just start, like, it's almost like, you're, I'll say cross-eyed. It's almost like you're just, like, their eyes, your eyes start going everywhere because it's an involuntary eye movement. It's tied in, with, I, I think, with the, uh, like, the interior stuff. But everything is slowly better. Um, it's better every day. It's just, this has been a process. Um, and again, it sounds so dramatic to be like, well, I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I was basically dying. Um, I get it. Until I had the surgery, and now I'm better. And my wife has been like, so you don't have like the, because the doctor told me it's like we got rid of the hydrocephalus. Like you, like knock on wood, you'll be fine. We're gonna monitor it. Obviously, we're gonna do some in the next like a uh, month. We're supposed to be doing more, um, like actual diagnostic tracking. Like I have to this week, scan, which I did as part of this. That I don't mind because that's only like 15 minutes to do those mm-hmm. that type of test. But I have to do like an MRI too. He's like, we're gonna test it, make sure like the, the tumor's gone. Well, the tumor's gone, but I mean, he's like, we're gonna make sure like everything's fine. Uh, and they're gonna check for the hydrocephalus. He seemed pretty not confident, but he seemed less concerned about that uh, because he thinks like he addressed that. But I'm doing quite well. All things considered, uh, things aren't perfect, but he is on an optimistic. When my face asked me, it's like, so you feel better? Like, you don't, you don't, you don't have like a hydrocephalus, like, you, you're not tired anymore. And I'm like, no, I'm like, I, I like, I feel better, like, than I have. <laughs> and I can't even tell you how long, even though when I say better, it's obviously like, I don't feel perfect. I don't feel like normal. Like, I, I told you, like you said, it's like, like, I, I could go for like a walk, and at the end of the day, I could be like, 
beat up. Not beat up, but I mean, I feel like, ah, I'm really tired. Like, it should not affect me like it does. But that's about every day. It's like, uh, if someone goes for, like, a five-mile walk, at the end, they may be like, ah, I'm tired. Uh, But if someone were to keep doing that for a month, five-mile walk, maybe like, yeah, whatever, and I'll finish. If they do like a six mile walk, they're like, ah, I'm a little more tired now. I did another mile. It's like, it's like that. It's like every time you build upon it. So I'm getting better, but it's also like, I'm not remotely there yet. I will be, you know, hopefully, but it's amazing. Cause it's like my wife. And now it's like, why didn't you tell me this before? <laughs> She's like, yeah, you started to look really ill. Like, <laughs> how do you waiting for? Like, yeah. Like yeah, you had really bad backs in your eyes and everything. I'm like, well, thank you. Like I didn't know. <laughs> I just know I felt like shit. Um, but yeah. So again, it sounds so like well, I was dying, guys, but uh, apparently I'm okay <laughs> now. I mean, so. the operative part of that is now you're okay. That's the important part. Yeah. And and sometimes to be the full uh, disclosure. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say like I I full disclosure, it's like I I'm better now. Uh, I still have a ways to go, but it's also like now it's not gonna keel over. It's like my when I say I have ways to go, it's like yeah, I can't like go for a run right now. I'm not allowed to go for a run until like uh you know at the end of all this like s- at least another month. Um, I'm technically not even allowed to drive until like Saturday. Um. And I uh, I only have like a 20 pound weight restriction, uh, which is complicated because my daughter, my eldest daughter is more than 20 pounds. Um, and my baby's like, she's chunky. So. She's, <laughs> she's right like, up next to it, ain't she? She's like, she just had like a doctor visit. She's like 20 pounds. Um, so there's like that. But I mean, I'm doing and I can't like I cannot raise my blood pressure uh, beyond like. 140, which is hypertensive range, but I mean, moderate activity, like, like, acti- like, because I, I did physical therapy, it's like, actual, like, exercise does raise your blood pressure generally, mm-hmm. so uh, I kind of, like, that's what kind of I have to, like, limit myself the next, like, month, um, but it's not bad, because it's like, I need to build myself back up again anyway, so, but I'm doing much better than I should be, like, I'm doing remarkably well, considering I literally had my brain operated on. Um, so there you go. You got to you got to do the full Shibata, right? Yeah. So. It, it, <laughs> oh yes, yes, Chad. They removed my brain. <laughs> <laughs> they put it elsewhere on like a. And they fixed me and they put the. Brain yeah, there you go. Put it in Peter go. Boyle's uh, body and had him do putting on the Ritz in front of. Oh him. yes, amazing! I love it. I mean, come on. It, it, we're we're at the point now where we're at the other side, and it feels like, hey, we we should be able to at least crack a little joke here and there. But yeah, um, just hey guys, just I mean, a I celebration, was, guys. I'm apparently dying, so <laughs> it's uh, more than okay. All right. So, um, wow. Yeah, we went for a bit, but um, Matt wanted to share a story. We thought it was really important. Look, there is. Um, how can I best put this? There is a TED talk that uh, Joe Ehrman, who used to, I think he used to play lineback for the Bears. I'm not sure. Talks about something called alexithymia, and this, and, and there is a an unhealthy culture around how, around men's behavior and how they regard themselves. 
in in uh, America. And, you know, Matt went and got something done before so many stories that I've heard where the got something done becomes, well, if you'd come in at this point, we could have done something. And we are incredibly, incredibly grateful that, um, you know, that, that that's what the outcome was. But just just to make a point, everybody out there, just if you feel bad, if you feel like something's wrong, listen to your body. Something probably is wrong and and do what you can to get checked out, get looked at, because, look, we sit here and we do this and we have a good time and we hope that you listening have a good time, too. But this podcast wouldn't be the same without you guys. So, you know, get yourself checked out. Look after yourself. You are as much worth looking after as anybody else is. And so, you know, go and and make sure that if something doesn't feel right, get it looked at. Get get checked out. Um, do you guys have any parting thoughts we wanted to have? Or nope, I'm good. All right. So, first of all, Matt, thank you very much for for sharing about this. Um, it's important. It matters, and we're glad you're back with us. We're glad you're doing well. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if next week we we decide we were going to talk about All In, but I've got even money down on CM Punk has a blow up and causes another problem with everything we've heard <laughs> lately. Because screw that guy. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm debating ordering like All In, uh, but isn't it like isn't it like Bleacher Report? What's that? Is it is oh, it All In like on Bleacher Report? I don't mind. I'm not that. sure. I'm not sure. I'm a big fan of Leisure Report. But. <laughs> but anyway, everybody, thank you for being here with us. We appreciate it. We hope that you have a great week. So this is Shad with Matt's back and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth. And we will catch you next time.